today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He'll stop at nothing and do everything he can to put up a warning sign to get us to slow down and stop and consider our ways. And that warning will come in a myriad of ways. Sometimes it will be through a brother or sister in Christ that has a word fitly spoken that God has put on their heart concerning us and the direction we're going in. And that brother or sister will speak into our lives, and it's a warning. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Have you ever noticed when God is trying to get your attention, He's so kind to give us warnings when we're starting to go down a path that isn't good for us? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will be sharing about how God will use any means necessary to get our attention and to keep us from making decisions we will regret. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in the book of Hebrews and today, Lord willing, we're going to actually complete chapter 12 and our text will be verses 25 through 29. Beginning in verse 25, the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit writes, See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, verse 26, his voice shook the earth. But now, He has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more, verse 27, indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God, verse 29, is a consuming fire. Let's pray. If you would please join with me. We'll ask God to bless our understanding. Father in heaven, this is a powerful passage for sure. And it's one for which we need desperately for the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. Because I don't think there's anyone here in this, your church, that wants to miss anything that you have for us in your word today. That's why we're here today. We, we need to hear you speak into our lives 
in and through your word, as only you can, and you're always so faithful to, Lord. So will you at this time settle our hearts? We, we just need to be settled down and calmed down and quieted down so that we can give you our undivided attention. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word and thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our time together today in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to talk with you about today is how it is, and even when it is, that God will oftentimes deem it necessary to get our attention. I know you know nothing of what I speak of. I know this might be theoretical, but for some, but there are those times where God needs to get our attention, the inference being that God does not have our attention, which is why He needs to get our attention. And so He will deem it necessary to do whatever it takes so that He can get our attention. That's what the writer of Hebrews is writing about here. He has just drawn this stark contrast, as we saw last, between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, representative of the law and the Spirit. The law kills, the Spirit gives life. And now he's taking from that and drawing on that and applying it to them then, and in so doing, he's applying it to us now. And I think this is what the Lord has for us today here in his word. This is a word from the Lord in the word of the Lord. And it's a word concerning God getting our attention so he can speak into our lives once he's got our attention. So what follows are in order what and how God will get my attention. And verse 25, it always starts with a warning. Here the writer refers to the Israelites refusing God's warning from Mount Sinai, which resulted in their turning away and not escaping. And this because, like with them then, so too is this true for us now, in that we all have this propensity to not take heed to God's warning. And when God warns us initially, He, he will start by, and sometimes it's not pronounced, but He'll warn us, and we hear the warning, but we don't heed the warning. And when that happens, we will not escape the consequences, and that's what the writer is saying, that if they didn't escape the consequences when warned on earth, how do we expect to escape the consequences when warned from heaven. These are those heavenly warnings that God sends our way. 
to get our attention. It looks like this. We're going in a direction that is, in the end, a bad path. And God wants to protect us because of His love for us, and so He'll put a warning sign. Here you are traveling down this road that (laughs) quite bluntly leads to destruction. As the proverb says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. And God loves us so much that He'll stop at nothing and do everything He can to put up a warning sign to get us to slow down and stop and consider our ways. And that warning will come in a myriad of ways. Sometimes it will be through a brother or sister in Christ that has a word fitly spoken that God has put on their heart concerning us and the direction we're going in. And that brother or sister will speak into our lives, and it's a warning that we would do well to take heed. The number one way that God warns us is through His Word. You know how it is when you're in the Word and you're reading a passage. You've read it a thousand times before, but this time (laughs) it jumps off the page and it slaps you in the face. Take heed. Warning, warning, warning. You know how it is when you're reading a passage? It's like, when I wasn't looking, God inserted my name into that passage. And it's speaking right to me. I don't know if you ever do this. I I, I do this. I don't recommend it for the faint at heart, because it'll pierce your heart. It'll cut like a double-edged sword right to the heart, as it should. But what I'll do oftentimes is I'll put my name in the passage. The, the best example is 1 Corinthians 13, the, the love chapter. Love is patient, kind, and you have this list. Basically it's, it's describing Jesus, because that's who love is. It's not that God has love, it's that God is love. And the Corinthians needed to be rebuked because they thought they were a loving church. And the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit had to say, you think that's what love is? That's not what love is. This is what love is. And hence we have 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Have you ever tried to put your name in 1 Corinthians 13? How far do you get? JD is patient. Stop right there. I'm done. I am undone, because <laughs> I'm not. Love is. Put your name in there. JD is. It, 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 no, it doesn't work. Uh, there is a way that seems right to JD, but the end is the way of death. You can put your name in, I'm using myself as an example. I'm taking one for the team here, so, <laughs> but that doesn't let you off the hook. Put your name in the passage and see what happens. That's the number one way God will warn you concerning the danger that is ahead. So you've got the Word of God, you've got brothers and sisters in Christ. There's another way that God will warn us, and it has to do with the providential arrangement of circumstances. 
You know how it is when you're going in a certain direction, all of a sudden this door gets slammed shut. I mean, it's like, you've heard it said perhaps, that God will direct your steps, but so too will God direct your stops. He'll orchestrate the circumstances. He'll choreograph the steps in your life as He directs your paths. And in so doing, He'll use those circumstances to warn you, danger ahead, danger ahead. And by the way, there's a, how do I say, there's a, they work in concert one with the other, especially when it comes to the circumstances, they're not standalone. In other words, don't determine God's will for your life or God's warning in your life solely on the basis of your circumstances. It has to comport with the Word of God. Because if the circumstances in your life are incompatible with the Word of life, guess what? It's not God. It's not God. Everything is measured and gauged by the Word of God. Well, he starts with a warning, and then verses 26 and 27. (laughs) If the warning doesn't work, well, he shakes up my world. None of us wanted to get to this point, but... The fact of the matter is, God may need to shake things up. Because that's what it takes to get my attention. Especially when it comes to that which I have put my trust in. Stay with me on this. Doubtless you've heard that expression, you can learn the easy way or you can learn the hard way. Now I know this is going to date me, but it has stuck with me over the years. You young people are going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but just bear with me. Those of you who are about my age, do you remember that Fram oil commercial? Oh, come on, please. Please remember it. I'm going to remind you about it. Okay, it's selling Fram oil. And this guy gets up there and he says this, You can pay me now, or you can pay me later. Is it coming back to you now? What's he talking about? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. What he's saying is, you can pay me now and buy this oil, or don't buy the oil, but you're going to pay later. You're going to learn the hard way. Instead of buying this oil, you're going to be buying a whole new engine. Come to think of it, I kind of hate that commercial now, (laughs) because it, it speaks directly to the heart of the matter. You can pay me now, or you can pay me later. You can learn the easy way, or you can learn the hard way. Listen, I, I, I would much rather learn from your mistakes, by proxy, vicariously. I could tell by your reaction that you want to learn that way too. But how many of us see the consequences that are not escaped when someone does not take heed to God's warning, and we see the disaster that ensues? And we look at that life, we think, oh, 
Oh, I get it, Lord. And we learn from that. What is it about us? We have to learn the hard way. I have the scars to prove it. I have to learn the hard way. It has to do with something called, and again, I know you know nothing of this, it's called stubbornness and obstinance, being stiff-necked. And, it, <laughs> and God's like, okay, I tried. I tried to warn you. I sent brother and sister so-and-so. You didn't receive it. I put up the warning signs. You didn't heed it. I tried to speak to you in and through my word. You didn't take heed to my word. Well now, I'm going to have to resort to a little bit of a shaking up. Because that's the only way you're going to learn. I got to shake up your world. I'm not being cruel. It's because I love you. And I can't stand to see you continue in the direction you're going. So the only way to get you to stop going in that direction is to shake things up. And the only way that God can shake loose and remove the things from my life that shouldn't be there, is to allow that shaking and baking. <laughs> can I just say it like that? Shaking and baking. Not bacon. I love bacon. I'm talking about baking. Shaking and baking. He has to heat things up. Shake things up. So here comes the fiery trial. Here comes the shaking that looses the fiery trial that burns off and removes what should not be there. I hate it. But after God does it, I look back on it and I thank God for it. And I can't imagine had God not love me enough to shake up my world that way and turn up the heat in my world that way, it would have been disastrous. He was protecting me and redirecting me and freeing me from that which bound me. We're all familiar with the account in the book of Daniel, even as children, for those of you that went to church as kids, you always heard the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Tremendous typology in that account. We've talked about that as a prophetic passage, really, in its typology concerning Israel going through the seven-year tribulation and getting saved in the midst of the seven-year tribulation, a type pictured by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But there's an interesting detail recorded in this account, and I want to draw your attention to it. It's found in Daniel chapter 3. I want to begin reading in verse 21. So this is when they refused to bow to this image, 
60 cubits by six cubits with six instruments played. A type of the image of the beast, 666. And Daniel, of course, not there. He's been exalted, a picture of the church not present at this time. And you got these three Hebrew slaves. And it's very interesting. They say to Nebuchadnezzar, they say, listen, we're not going to bow down to your image and worship your image. So go ahead and cast us into this fiery furnace turned up seven times hotter. And it's almost like what Esther said, if I perish, I perish. God can deliver me from this, but if He doesn't, so be it. And the king's like, okay, throw him in. That fiery furnace was so hot. I don't know what the temperature was, but you can draw some conclusions, because it was hot enough to burn alive the guys that threw him in, which is interesting. So then in they go. Now keep in mind, they are bound. They're tied up. Their hands are tied up, and their feet are tied up. They are thrown into this fiery furnace. And we pick it up in verse 21. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, verse 22, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, verse 23, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Stop right there. Picture this with me. This, this is how it went down. This happened this way. They're bound up, they're thrown in and down into this fiery furnace. And then 24, King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. Listen, if that's me, and the Lord, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. That's because it's the Son of God. It's Jesus the Christ in the midst of the fiery furnace. But the detail, wait a minute, we threw them in, they were tied up, and they're not tied up anymore. What happened to the ropes that we tied them up with. Oh, they must have been burned off because they're loose now and they're able to walk in the midst 
of the fire. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Oh.